0: This is the Dealer News Today podcast. The podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey, what is going on everybody out there? Welcome back to another episode of Dealer News Today brought to you by Cox Automotive in partnership with the Dave Canton Group. I'm your host Derek D. Yeah. The same Derek D whose voice you may have heard in commercials on TV and on the radio, but you just had no clue it was me pretty much like every other voiceover you hear on TV and the radio. It's just kind of par for the course there. But anyway, we got a great show for you today, folks. Have another repeat guest. He was actually my very first guest ever on the first episode of DNT that I hosted. It was a fun one, and you know what? I know this one will be too. So let's get right to it. What do you say? He's the senior director of new car solutions at Cox Automotive. Folks, please welcome for the second time on Dealer News today, my buddy with one of the coolest last names to say, Brian Finkelmeyer.
1: Derek, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good.
0: How are you? Welcome back to the show, right? No, it feels great. I feel like I'm on The Price is Right. I'm excited. I'm ready (laughs) to go. Yeah, except uh, I'm not giving away anything, and you can't win anything. Well, we'll still have a good time. Oh, always a good time. Well, how about this? Brian, you just won a new car. Just guess the price and don't go over. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you back, Brian. As I said, you were my very first guest ever on the show, and it was an awesome one.
1: Well, Derek, I appreciate you having me back, and I, I hope that means I didn't bomb too bad, or maybe I did bomb the first time, and now you're giving me a second second at bat. So I appreciate you having me back on the show.
0: No, you did a great job. I remember we, we had some good laughs and stuff, and I, I think I asked you a question about what the most pop, like what, what's the best sports car on the market right now, and you nailed it. You said the new Corvette, and I couldn't agree That's
1: more. It. <laughs> every time I, I keep wondering when you're going to come pay me a visit we can check out that plant together
0: oh yeah i definitely I, I would love to at some point um we'll we'll see you know when i go and buy it i'll come out and uh drive it off the line maybe sounds good <laughs> that'd be pretty cool so we can recap a bit you know uh, you, you you got in the car business a long time ago when you were in college if i recall you, weren't you like looking for a, a free trip to la and nissan was interviewing for a position so you ended up going out there, and then you ended up with Nissan for like 20 years or something, right?
1: Yeah, I'm almost worried, Derek. If I keep telling that story, they might pull back my pension if they hear that. uh, No, don't do that. (laughs) that Yeah, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, it was great. You know, It was a great experience. I I would tell you, uh, being 22 years old and getting a chance to move to Redondo Beach to start the car business, it doesn't get much more lucky than that.
0: No, absolutely not. Are you still in Cali?
1: No, actually, I I live in Nashville with my family. We've been here for about almost 11
0: years now. That's right. The music city. Good place to be. That's right. Yeah. So how, how are things lately since we last talked? Well, that was December. How you, how you doing since?
1: You know, are doing good, Derek. Um, You know, I'm, I'm very encouraged about, you know, the prospects of 2021. And I think as yeah. more and more people get vaccinated and this country starts coming back and I can tell, I'm sure maybe, you know, you and many of the listeners are noticing this, but I'm seeing a lot more traffic on the road and I'm seeing, you know, people out and about and, um. Uh, you know i think the infection cases i read back in january we were around 250 260,000 new covid cases a day and as of last week friday i read the new york times that the country was down to 67,000 so yeah, that is a huge. pretty uh, significant drop off that it um, you know not to get political but it doesn't seem like the mainstream media has necessarily covered the dramatic improvement in that in that metric right there
0: no, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And not, not a political thing at all. It's like, you know, any any news organization, what's what sells? You know, drama and things like that. That's what gets the viewers. So I would love if they just talked about it every day. Like, this is how many people didn't get her. This is how many people recovered. And this is how many people were headed this. Yeah. Instead it's- of, for so long, it was like, this is yeah. how many people died today. It's like, geez, like, come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyway, we are headed in a better direction. And I'm very stoked for it as we uh, enter into a little bit more warm weather especially over here on the east coast uh but let's uh let's 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 jump into you now we're going to talk about you know the uh automotive industry you know your background's pretty much i'd say a hybrid of like uh oem and tech right yeah so it's safe to say you got your finger on the pulse of what's going on with new car trends as of late so in your opinion what does the actual industry production uh volume and trends kind of look like right now yeah.
1: So, you know, Derek, just 2020 goes without saying that it was just such a crazy year. Um, the most obvious statement I'll ever make. Yeah. And, you know, one of the byproducts of that was that the industry actually got healthier, right? So it's sort of funny that, you know, as COVID created so much uh health risk for people. It actually was the opposite for the car business. It made the car business healthier.
0: Yeah, we talked so about that So many ways.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so we've really lost about um a little more than a million units of production, and I was just looking at this. You know, there's a couple different metrics. There's units that are actually rolling off the line, but then you can look at just how many new cars got delivered to to dealerships or what you might call shipments. And so, the in the country, United States, we really kind of bottomed out in April. There was about 170,000 units shipped. Um, that was the low watermark. Um, and last month, it peaked almost at 1.3 million. So just to give you a wow. sense of of what's happening in terms of um volume of new cars being delivered to dealers we've gone from 170,000 to 1. 1.3 million that is pretty significant and then I think the other thing that is really significant is just that you know you, once again going back to the nightly news and unemployment and you know the financial crisis and now we've got the stimulus because we've got so much economic headwinds, but then you look at the new car sales results and you'd think that this country is absolutely on fire right now. We actually, pure retail in terms of vehicles sold through dealerships was up three, 4% versus Mm. a year ago. My mom bought a a car during this. Yeah, so (laughs) my mom did too. My mom got a new car two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so you know it's just a remarkable thing. And so one of the last stats I'll share with you just on the retail side is that, um, you know, we, we're seeing shopping activity just exploding, like on these Cox Automotive uh, websites at Kelly Blue Book. Uh, you know, in terms of shopping activity, it was up 32% last month from a year ago. So, uh, just so many different metrics are positive. And as I said, um, in some, some weird sort of way, nobody could have ever imagined that COVID would be such a healthy outcome for the car business.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really is amazing. And we've talked about this on the show before. And COVID obviously was and is a terrible thing, but it happens. So you have to adjust. And it forced the automotive industry to look at things a different way and also really push forward the digital retail side of things. And people obviously gravitated towards that. And the industry did a lot better than expected And it's not only the automotive industry, you know, many businesses benefited. So you got to look at the good through the bad.
1: Yeah. You know, speaking of online retail, Derek, and obviously that's been one of the big trends uh, in the car business prior to the pandemic, about 1% of all retail transactions were happening, quote unquote, online. Hmm. And I just read yesterday that that number is now up to ten percent. So ninety percent of retail transactions, my mom picked up her car at the dealership. I'd be willing to bet your mom probably physically picked up her car there as well.
0: Oh yeah, I was there? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, uh,
1: but you know, nationally, we're seeing that about ten percent of transactions are in fact online. But uh, you know, when we talk about online retail in the car business, I think the most interesting. Story is the story of Carvana, and it's just unbelievable. Like that stock has just absolutely exploded. I don't know if you know people realize this, but that Carvana is now a fifty-five billion-dollar market cap company. Seriously? which is more than AutoNation, Asbury, Lithia. I name every single public company: Carmax. You know, pile them all up together, and 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 together they're not worth fifty-five billion. So I would
0: never have guessed that. A million. Yes,
1: it's just too crazy. And I'll just share one last quick, just mind-blowing stat: is that last year, AutoNation, which operates close to three hundred retail locations across the country, they sold just shy of a half a million cars, Mm -hmm. and the market cap for AutoNation is about six point five billion. And then you look at Carvana, and they sold about half as many units retail, about two hundred fifty thousand, and their market cap is just shy of fifty five billion. So, just an absolute mind boggling story. And I, I wish that uh, somebody had told me to buy some Carvana stock earlier in yeah. twenty twenty.
0: Why is that though? Like, if they sold less cars, why is the market cap so much more?
1: Well, it's a great question, Derek. I think that Wall Street is valuing AutoNation and other Publicly owned car companies as auto sale, sellers of automobiles. And um, that's why that valuation is what it is. But I think that Carvana is getting the benefit of being valued as a tech company. Right. And so that's what's sort of an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that, but Carvana really is a car company, but they're getting the valuation as a tech company. And so I think that's kind of the interesting piece there. And I, I think that. You know, one of the things, if you start digging into the Carvana numbers, I mean, they've just seen like triple digit growth year over year over year, just massive growth as more and more people are adopting that way of doing business. And once again, not to make this entire podcast about my mom, but she actually disposed of her car through Carvana. They came to her house. Oh, really? Yeah. And they handed her a check and uh, five minutes later took away her used car. So I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how that all plays out. But I would say that, you know, as we look back at some of the biggest stories of 2020, certainly I think Carvana is definitely one of them.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, those numbers you were saying before are pretty impressive. Uh, The one thing I think a lot of people wonder about Carvana and Vroom with like the door to door car buying experience and how you do it all online So I wonder what, you know, if you go to a dealership, they offer you a certain amount for your trade-in, or if you sell it privately, you'll usually end up getting more than what the dealer would give you. Sure. Does, so does Carvana like always beat the dealer in the amount they give you in terms of your trade-in value kind of thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, and from a sample size of one, being my, my mom and dad, we definitely saw that Carvana's valuation was higher. It was. And they, not only did they pay more, but they made the process um, you know, there's less friction and it was simple, right? I mean, this is sort of a mind boggling this. You know, this is it reminds me a bit of like Whole Foods, where you can order groceries and two hours later, Amazon has them sitting on your front doorstep. Like yeah. it feels as though Carvana is doing that, not for groceries, but for cars. And I think that that probably speaks to part of the reason why Wall Street is so bullish on that company is clearly you know, for a long, long time in America, you know, really the two main purchases you haggle over is the cost you pay for a home or the cost you pay for a car. And maybe as more and more of us are become so used to the point and click and, you know, things are simple that Amazon's trained all of us that, uh, you know, maybe the car business is the next industry to really go that direction. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's interesting to know that you know, you you experienced it firsthand, and they gave your parents more money than you know they expected to get. So that's that's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um. Wow. So we were talking about, I guess, supply earlier. So with that as a backdrop, what what what's happening with like demand currently? I know you touched on that a little bit, but
1: yeah. So I mean, on the demand side of things, um, you know, there's just so many interesting. Elements And it's a bit of a perfect storm. Um, As I mentioned, clearly, we're seeing just more online shopping activity. That's just the most obvious thing. But I think one of the underlying things that's driving so much of this is just this uh, low interest rate environment where people are able to refinance their homes and effectively lower their monthly payment. And so I'll just share another personal story. A friend of mine uh, recently refinanced his home that resulted in a $500 a month savings on his mortgage. Wow. And he promptly turned around and bought his wife a new car. And so I, as he told me that story, I was thinking to myself, like, how many Americans are benefiting from that where, you know, I, nothing changed. I still live in my house. But instead of paying you know $2,500 a month, now I pay $2,000 a month or whatever the numbers are. And what do I do with that extra 500 How many people are out buying new cars? I, I mean, it, it really is just amazing. Um, how on the demand side of things it just seems to be keep keep surging as i mentioned sales results are very strong and then the other piece that makes it even more impressive is just that incentive spending by the car companies is down significantly in fact i'll share a quick stat with you derek back mm-hmm. in april of 2020 the average car in America had about $4,900 of incentive. So if you just said between all the Silverados to the Kia Fortes and everything in between, the average incentive in the industry was at $4,900, which is a pretty big number. Yeah, last month that grand. dropped. Yeah, almost five grand. Last month that dropped about 3500 bucks.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: that just tells you, you know, I guess in April, obviously people had hit the panic, but on the pandemic, um, and that's a little higher than normal, but that just gives you a sense of the scale to which we've pulled back on incentives. So even despite the fact that there's less good deals to be had, uh, consumers are, are certainly craving that new car smell and people are out buying cars. And even you know, one last quick piece I'll share is February, there was a moment, and I, I know we had this here and I suspect you did in New Jersey. I mean, Nashville was shut down for four or five days. We were just buried in snow. I mean, I've oh, not yeah. seen that much snow in a long time. So retailers lost a maybe a week of business you know, I, I couldn't get out of my driveway hardly. And so even with that headwind of bad weather, I read 70% of the nation was under snow at one point, which mm-hmm. was like the highest number ever recorded. Even with the headwinds of the weather, the pandemic. We still were up three,
0: 4% versus a year ago. It's unbelievable. <laughs> people just want to buy cars. They just want to yeah. buy cars right now. <laughs> well, I
1: think people are desperate for some, you know, uh, a shot of dopamine because we're not going to the movies. We're not taking vacations. We're not doing other fun things.
0: Which in turn, so, people are saving a lot of money, which they're like, hey, I could afford a new car. Exactly. You know, and yeah, we we had a lot of snow here in Jersey, too, more, more than we've had in the last, you know, the last three winters. I don't even know, think I used a shovel once. And this this year we got we got a, a ton of snow comparatively, and like you said, most of the country was was under snow. But it's crazy; people are still going out and buying cars. <laughs> exactly.
1: We had so much snow here, Derek. I've I made the decision I need to invest in a second shovel.
0: Oh wow! Yes, you need two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it's interesting though. You said your friend refinanced and they saved five hundred bucks, and they probably are still saving money because their car payment. I'm assuming is probably only around maybe probably like 250 300 or something like the normal average car payment, I guess would be around there for in, yeah. in general. So they're still saving money. They got a new car and they're still pay less uh, uh, for the mortgage, which is pretty awesome. I refinance too. I, well, not my house, I rent, but I refinance my car. I pay a hundred dollars less a month for the, for my car.
1: Exactly. And then, you know, you think about all the, the liquidity in the market based on all this refinancing that's going on. And then, Pile on last week, we had the approval on the $1.9 trillion stimulus package. And we're going to have more checks and more money going into the market. So uh, it seems to me that uh, this country is poised for a pretty strong 2021.
0: Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, by the end of May, God willing, we'll just be back to the way it was, nice and normal. I mean, and out out and about, going to movies, doing whatever we want to do.
1: (laughs) I'm looking forward to going on vacation.
0: Yeah, actually, I went, not to change something, I went in August on vacation, and it was amazing. It was actually the safest thing to do. No one on the flight, no one at the resort. It was amazing. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that was a whole other thing. That was you,
1: you do your social distancing at 38,000 feet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or on the beach with no one around you in the beautiful five-star resort in Dominican Republic. It was just oh, amazing. Sounds, sounds
1: fantastic.
0: Oh, it was phenomenal. So, uh We're talking about these unprecedented times and unprecedented factors, and that phrase has maybe been overused a lot lately, but definitely not untrue. But things are looking up lately, as we talked about. So let's talk about some of the implications. A lot of different scenarios, I guess, will happen moving forward. Um, So what do you see changing?
1: Yeah. You know, Derek, I I think one of the questions will be um, to what extent, uh, you know, how long does this demand stay where it's at? I think- Um, you know, last month, as I mentioned, there was about just shy of 1.3 million cars shipped. Uh, but, you know, when we look at the day supply, which is a metric for, you know, kind of gauging the the inventory, how heavy or light inventory is, the day supply is like fifth, right around 50 days, which is still, by historic standards, really, really low. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's going to be, you know, kind of one piece is to See how well the OEMs can manage um the the production to to match demand. And, and within that story, there's a bit of another story, which is, you know, small fuel efficient cars and sedans is kind of like yesterday's news. Nobody really cares that much anymore. It's everything's about trucks and SUVs. Hmm. And so I think that's another question to see to what extent the manufacturers can shift more of their production away from cars and more into. Jeep Grand Cherokees and uh, Toyota Highlanders and those types of vehicles that are that are really flying off the shelves. Um, so I think that'll be one of the other key pieces of the year is to see how that happens. And then one last thing that I think is sort of looming out there that I've read that'll be was a bit put on delay was many car companies have made huge investments in electric vehicle. And, and some of those launches were slated for this year, and some of that stuff's been kind of postponed, partly because of COVID. Yeah, And so I think that's going to be one of the other big questions um, for the industry, maybe in the second half of this year as we get into 2022, is just to what extent Americans start gravitating towards electric cars that don't have Tesla on the badge. right? I think Tesla's clearly been the dominant player. Over 80% of the electric cars sold in America are Teslas. Mm. But you know how does Volkswagen do when they roll out their new EV car and Volvo and some of these other car companies that are bringing EVs to market? Now General Motors has made a big announcement that they're going to be 100% electric, I think, by 2035, uh, which is not that that far away. So I I think that's going to be one of the other kind of big stories is to see you know how this whole EV rollout and and Do consumers, you know, you look at the average Tesla probably rolls out the door for 60,000 or more. That's not representative of John Q. Public. Um, So the question is, like, at 35,000, do these car companies, are they able to produce EVs at 35,000 that the regular people are buying? I I think that's going to be really interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. I mean, It's obviously a heavy push for electric. I mean, Audi just announced their new electric Audi uh, e-tron. I can't recall if that's the name of it. I think... A
1: great-looking car. I've seen it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. And pretty expensive for everyday working folks, though, you know? But like you said, GM announced that by 2035, they want an entirely electric fleet. Ford announced something similar recently, I believe. And I think moving forward, people definitely want to move to that. But my personal opinion, to master it and make it totally mainstream... The price has to drop down for John Q. Public. But also, and I always say this, but once you can recharge your car in the same amount of time it takes you to fill up your gas tank, that's when the big electric car boom will happen because it's like exactly comparable pretty much in that case. It's that convenience that people want. Even though electric cars are getting more and more popular right now, it's the convenience factor that they need to hit on for sure.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think one of the other pieces, Derek, so you touch on just, you know, the having to sit in my car for 20 minutes or 30 minutes to have it charged is not very appealing when I can fill up my tank in five minutes or less. So yeah, I think and most
0: that's what, to charge would take a lot longer than that.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's one piece. Now. And then I think the other piece is, is just sort of awareness and visibility of these charging stations. So largely, it's been my experience where, you know, there's like an embassy suites not far from my house, there's like four chargers parked back behind the back corner of it. It's like not very visible. Right. But now so that's kind of how things were, let's say over the last 10 years. But now recently, the target that's most close to my house, they just installed like, maybe 20 Tesla charging stations. And so I think that visibility of a high traffic area like Target, they've got a section over on the far right hand side that's all dedicated to Tesla charging stations, as more of those things pop up, I think that increases people's comfort with, hey, you know, uh, you know, the the charging is accessible. I think previously in this country charging felt a bit inaccessible or that there was kind of, you know, few and far between. But as, as, let's say, if Target starts having Tesla charging stations across the country, that's going to provide consumers with a lot more confidence to uh, to buy an electric car.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. And the more visible it is, the more people will be. Oh, it's 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 easier to charge my car, and 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 they'll obviously they'll be they'll be more comfortable with buying that. Me personally, I don't think any, you know, car company should be fully electric. I think they should always offer. You know, something for people that love the sound, they love the drive, they love how that, you know, a naturally aspirated car, uh, sports car sounds, or whether, you know, it's turbo or supercharged, whatever it is. But they're always going to have that demand, I think, that always be people interested in that. So going 100% electric would be a little strange to me. Always have some options for either, you know, hybrid or just, you know, Fully still.
1: So, so Derek, there's <laughs> no risk of you moving to California anytime soon because I think that state's going to require EVs 100%. <laughs> all, all vehicles sold, I think, by 2030. Wow. I think the the rule or law that they put on the books is that by 2030, all new vehicles in the state of California need to be EVs. Wow, um, really? Geez, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, pretty extreme.
0: Yeah, I see, very extreme. And uh, I'm in California a lot when it's you know non-COVID um, in LA, a good amount of times a year for work. But I'm an East Coaster through and through, and uh, I'll be sticking to here for a living, but I do love visiting California. But anyway, Brian, wow, lots of great stuff we talked about. Anything else you'd like to talk about before we get going? No, Derek, thanks for having me on. It's always good to talk about the car business with you. Yeah, same with you, Brian. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, when the sitcom I wrote gets picked up and I got the extra money. I'll buy that new beautiful C8 Corvette, and I'll come out to Nashville to meet up with you, and I'll drive it off the assembly line with you. <laughs>
1: Sounds great, Derek. Look forward to it.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you. All right. That was the Senior Director of New Car Solutions at Cox Automotive, Brian Finkelmeyer, with some great insight and information and another awesome appearance right here on DNT. This has been Dealer News Today brought to you by Cox Automotive in partnership with the Dave Canton Group, I am your host, Derek D. Thanks for listening, everybody. And for all my stuff, you can, of course, visit DerekD.com. Till next time, be cool, everybody. This is Dealer News Today.